I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Episode 236 of See You Next Wednesday, a weekly pop culture and film podcast where a single die roll decides what movies we have to see. This episode is dropping on Wednesday, September 28th, 2016, and my name is Dan Gorman. Folks, you're not dealing with a cockroach or a rat here. You're dealing with a small, irritable, magical man, <laughs> armed to the teeth with a thousand deadly jigs and dance steps. <laughs> my name is Casey Lyons, and... As a cop, I've seen things that could make you crap a book on how to puke. <laughs> and and Greg, unfortunately, doesn't have a quote this week because he is out of town. Yeah. Um, well, he might still have a quote. He might have a quote. He's saying it somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like to think he's looking up at the same stars we are. Yes, absolutely. Saying dumb quotes. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so e- through email at info at modernsuperior.com. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can go to modernsuperior.com and read all of our content there and listen to other podcasts. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SYNWPC. Um, I want to give some shout outs this week. Last week, we did a call to arms <laughs> for people to uh, tell us some of their favorite movies. Yeah, we really captured the imaginations of our <laughs> listeners. The The uh, suggestions just kind of flooded in. Yeah, and um, so I want to thank you, send a thank you to Jay Stenker, David Gunn, Matt Brown, Stu Coote, Sarah Buttery, Brian Mulhall, James Turpin, Andrew Paulson, Michael DeRaff, Jill Ward, Tom Ralston, Alba Lopez, Jamie Dew, and anyone else that I forgot. I tried to get most of the names, um, but a lot of the, all, all those people sent in some of their favorite movies, yeah. and we made a list on Letterboxd. Yeah, really nice. Uh, specifically, not to single anyone out, you're all winners, <laughs> but uh, Jay Stenker... Uh, sent us in one of those uh heartwarming emails telling us that uh yes you know he uh he's been having a difficult year and we oh yeah make it all worth it yes uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah jay that's awesome keep listening and uh we'll keep uh filling your life with uh magic yeah and wonder totally yeah and um, he's from australia too yeah they know podcasts totally um uh, is that where the little dum-dum club is from uh it is all right and uh that is definitely one of my favorites <laughs> how you been casey 
Oh, oh goodness, let's take Dan. a little chill time here. Oh, yeah, man. we never get to. We never oh, really get take to a breather <laughs> on this show. Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, I've uh, been a little busy. It's my wife's birthday tomorrow. That's happy amazing. Birthday, ha- Maya. Yes, happy birthday as of this being released. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Happy birthday, Maya. She's uh, she's watching. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, we're doing a live feed right now. Yes, she's watching on the live feed. Hi, Hi baby. Hi, Beatrice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh. So just been a busy little fella. How uh. How you been? Same. Busy, busy little, little fella. fella sure yeah um I, I tried to make some notes for movie news uh but we also did some posts on modernsuperior.com uh so i thought we could do a little bit of split the difference if there was anything off the top of your head from from the site or the internet or do you want me to p- pull from the list uh yeah might as well pull from the list i can't think of anything offhand okay uh, uh i wanted to say in canadian news this week uh, show me the streaming service yeah. shut is is shutting down. Um, it's been about two years since they launched. They're shutting it down at the end of November, yeah. and I just thought that was kind of notable news because you know, in the world of Netflix being the big uh, the big Kahuna, I just thought you know this was it was Bell and Rod. No, Bell it was and- Rogers and. Was it Bell and Rogers? I feel like I was... think Bell was Bell is Crave TV. Oh yeah, no, Bell is Crave TV. This was Rogers, Rogers and something and else. Something else. Um, anyway, but yeah, I was really surprised because first of all, Show Me's great. Yeah, it, it's sort of like our answer to uh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, Prime and it Amazon carries streaming. a lot of those shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't get any of them first run because we're Canada and we fucking lag behind in terms <laughs> of quality entertainment. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, they had a lot of great stuff on there. Yeah, it was a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's, you know, that's a lot of jobs. And I think they were they were losing money. Obviously, that's why they're shutting down. But it, it just it's interesting because I find that a lot of the sentiment in Canada around Netflix is Netflix has nothing. There's no movies, and a lot of people now are pretty really upset. Like, I don't want to go to Netflix. They don't have the shows that Show Me had. I I find when I watched when I had Show Me, I've still got Crave TV. Yeah, because there's a couple things on there that uh, that we're still watching. Uh, but when I had Show Me and Crave, I watched them way more than I watched Netflix. And yeah. even now, I find Netflix super spotty. Yeah. Um, like it's good to have for things uh, uh, upcoming and stuff. But uh, yeah, I like I find when they get like a decent movie, I'll have already watched it for the show anyway. Yeah. Now, granted, a lot of people don't have this podcast, so uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah, they're, maybe they're enjoying it. Yeah, so that was a bummer. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, so I also wrote down that uh, this is also in some sort of uh, industry news. I'll skip down. Annapurna Pictures has launched a new production arm. Uh, you'll probably recognize the Annapurna logo. I love their logo because it's VHS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very pretty. Um, but this is uh, this is the production company that belongs to um, to Megan Ellison. Yes, the uh, savior of uh, independent films. Totally. You you have seen their their logo more and more on all of the best movies. <laughs> Generally, like the, I just find them in A twenty four. A twenty four. Those yeah. are the two. Like you see their logos and you're like, this will be, be a good movie. At least, even if I hate it, it'll be like I hated it in an interesting way. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. This one. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're doing a production arm for television. So it kind of ties into what we were just talking about. Um, and she's teaming up with a former HBO president of entertainment, Sue Neagle. 
Yeah. Um, and so this uh, this woman, Sue, I guess, had a lot to do with getting some of the biggest, most famous HBO shows. She apparently had a hand in getting Game of Thrones, a hand in getting all of the girls and all the other shows. So that's interesting. Like, one one streaming service closes down, and now Annapurna are doing a, a television thing. I'm wondering, it says here, um, focus on building out a television slate for broadcast cable and digital. So... I don't know. Are they going to be, I guess, just pushing to Netflix or one pushing of the other to streamers? Netflix or, or do you think they're going to come up with oh, their, their own? own uh, I don't know. It seems it seems dicey. Although, I mean, in the States, you know, everybody's doing it because they're putting the money behind yeah. quality, the content. quality productions and stuff. CISO? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. CISO, CISO is a tiny little thing. I and mean, it's yeah, got it's, a lot of stuff. It's though. NBC... Uh, uh, owned but uh they have a lot of really quality stuff like even their original stuff is super interesting yeah and they are one of the tiny little upstarts totally uh, yeah i'd be i'd be interested to see what annapurna does but still as a canadian i don't even know if i'm ever going to see any of it yeah it's true it's a real problem (laughs) it's the only bad thing about being canadian yeah that and ann murray okay Oh man. Okay, so those are my. Did you have anything off the top of your head? Uh, no. Okay. I don't. Great contribution this week, Casey. <laughs> I said it Thank in an you. interesting way. Dan. <laughs> well, I also wrote down. Uh, they there was a a picture released recently. Um, about uh, who was it? Yorma Tacone from Lonely Island. Um, tweeted out a picture, or or I don't know if it was a tweet, but uh, they were working on MacGruber too. Like yeah. literally, as he tweeted it out, and then later that day or later that week, they they sent out a picture of the script that said instead of first draft, it said like extremely rough draft. <laughs> so uh, I guess so they're shooting off of an extremely <laughs> rough draft. Well, no, like I guess they they sat down to work on MacGruber two, and I guess banged out like a real quick first draft, but it's so rough that it can't even be a first draft. Right. So, but I mean, I hope that happens. Yeah, seriously, I think that that's something that everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, um, and I think it's a great a great movie to have a sequel because it was so of its own thing. Like it's such a weird little piece. Yeah, that, uh, that I feel like any sort of a, a sequel is going to be as weird, if not weirder. Yeah. I don't think that they're gonna like you know Austin Powers it, where it's just let's use all the same jokes again. Oh man, I hope not. I can't imagine they would. I can't imagine the people involved. None of them need to be doing it right now. So, yeah. again, and I always yeah, say Yeah, and this. is it even going to be, like, because how successful was that? That was one of the, like, not a big movie for them. Yeah. You know, like, it, it was pitched like it was going to be this big thing. I mean, Popstar performed way better than MacGruber. Yeah. So, I guess maybe now it's like, well, now we can do whatever we want because Popstar, Popstar was a better performer. Yeah, but I think that, I think that, after the fact so many people are like that movie's fucking yeah. awesome that's one of the funny that's what happened with time. hot rod too right yeah although there was probably more at the time but there was there, i do feel like that was a, a later thing that was like when the hot rod dvd came out yeah. people got excited about yeah. that movie yeah so i think uh i think mcgruber 2 kind of has the same uh probably has the same charm yeah um and then speaking of charm uh we have a new trailer from noted charm fountain, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Beautiful segues. Almost. Yeah. Uh, they released a trailer for this new movie called Don't Kill It for, by Mike Mendez. 
of bad uh, big ass spider previously. Did you see big ass spider? I did not. Okay, I feel like we talked about it on the show, and then a listener, maybe even James Turpin, or or maybe one of one of our listeners on Twitter, yeah, um, tweeted in saying, "No, you guys should check it out," and then we never did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like it's it's one of those ones that I'm like, I know I should see it, but I feel like it has. And I keep beating up on Hobo with a shotgun, <laughs> but it's a perfect example of yeah. that self-aware winking B movie that yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Wow, wow. I feel like it it has almost even more of a um, like Sharknado vibe. Yeah, yeah. Which again, I haven't seen any of those because I'm just not interested. Yeah, me either. They're um, just too wink, wink. Yeah, they're too look at us. Well, may, the the first Sharknado, I feel like of any of them was i guess born out of some kind of well everyone's making these crazy movies so we'll make ours yeah but i think i i still feel like it it was sci-fi's like you know because sci-fi was doing all those like you know shark with a octopus body and and like those types of things I hope people on the stream just saw me like fumble with my phone insanely. <laughs> I did. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I want to get the stream up so I can see where, if it's going, and then instead I I opened up a video, a gem video, <laughs> a song from the cartoon Gem. Jesus, <laughs> you didn't have to tell anyone that. Listen, I want to tell everybody to go on YouTube and uh, Google the Gem song. It's fun to be scared. <laughs> Your life will be made. So much better. Yeah, it looks like we're we're on there, I think. Yeah, it looks like, well, we're a little behind, but, yeah. uh, you know. All right. I got a little behind. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so Dolph Lundgren in this movie called Don't Kill It, made by Mike Mendez. So this is sort of, I, I kind of thought it was almost like a an update of Split, not Split Second, um, The Hidden almost. The Hidden meets Fallen. Uh yeah yeah because it's, it's like the the body jumping yeah parasite. demon parasite and then he's gonna have to fight it and now I thought the trailer looked pretty bad I didn't actually even see the trailer okay. it's something that I was kind of like yes I definitely have to watch this and then I found myself doing a bunch of other yeah things I thought I, of watching it. I thought the trailer looked pretty bad um looks like pitched to like a sci-fi channel style uh height of of filmmaking <laughs> which again is not again. surprising if that's where it came from um and then but but i know that people like mike mendez's work and i know that uh, i i saw um the title for badass big ass spider and and i kept thinking well that's gonna be garbage and then people yeah. said it was really fun so i don't know but go watch that trailer if you'd like yeah who whoever the the listener our listener was that uh, that told us to watch that yeah let us know why <laughs> please um so that was all my notes you didn't have anything uh not in terms of news okay. i just have a lot of uh, things you've been watching stuff. so well, why don't you there's a, an error occurred what Maya says an error occurred oh, well that's a bummer stream. yeah oh well we'll keep uh keep going yeah we'll soldier on yeah so what have you been watching? That's an interesting question. I've been watching uh, quite a bit. I, I did a lot of real catch-up on um, on kind of the indie A24 scene. Yeah. Um, uh, but first, I will say real quick, I watched that uh, uh, A&E documentary about uh, JonBenet Ramsey. Oh, I want to see that. It's good. Um, it doesn't tell you that much 
that you didn't already know if you followed it when it happened. Okay. Um, yeah, it's basically just sort of reiterating. Uh, I haven't watched the entire thing yet. Yeah. But uh, but so much of what I saw, I mean, like you just sit there and watch it and go, oh. Yeah, they're guilty. Yeah. Like, these people killed their daughter. You oh. don't know exactly why or, or, or what, but... Uh... Yeah. Are you, <laughs> are you, I was, are you all right? What are you doing? I was reacting to you you in the story of, like, oh, they did it for sure, and you're like, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> that was really... Apparently, that was all I had. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah. So, I would say it's worth a watch. Okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. I saw the, tr- I saw the ads for it on TV, and I and I was like, because it was a rare moment where I was watching actual television, mm. and I said, "Oh man, I got to catch that," but then I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear something that I've been watching? <laughs> no, no. You know what? Silence for about ten minutes. Okay. Well, well you know go. what? I'll tell you something that I have watched in the recent time. Okay. And I'll tell you something that I watched in the recent time that you told me to watch. <laughs> I was hoping that that would uh, that that would come up. You son of a bitch. I don't I told you to you had to have known that I was kidding <laughs> that you should never watch the cowboy way. So last week on the show Casey uh, after hearing that I I had seen recently The Hard Way. Yeah. Um with Michael ja- Michael Jackson with the Michael <laughs> really? J Fox and um Michael Jackson Fox. Michael Jackson Fox. That's what the J stands for. Yeah, everyone knows that. Um and who's the other guy in that movie? Uh, Jimmy Woods. Jimmy Woods. Uh, so Casey said, "Hey, if you just watched the Cowboy Way, maybe you should watch the. Uh, if you just watched the Hard Way, maybe you should watch the Cowboy Way." Yeah. To which I said, "Clearly a joke." Sure, I'll do it. Dan, Why not? Dan does not understand irony. No, and so I watched the Cowboy Way, <laughs> and I don't know if anybody out there has seen the Cowboy Way, but it is not good. No, it's not. It is quite terrible. It's just boring. Yeah. I don't even think I finished that now, movie. Now, it's an Imagine Pictures joint. Right. So it's got Grazer's name attached to it. And I kind of assumed from the start, oh, okay, this will probably be that kind of, you know, um, what do you want? I don't know. Like that kind of Hollywood blockbuster where it will at least be watchable and fun. Because yeah. I feel like there's definitely a weird style to imagine, like th- that Ron Howard, even when he's not involved with it, kind of Sheen, I guess. I don't know, kind of Charlie. Yeah, Sheen. and I think I think when they <laughs> it had a real Charlie Sheen yeah. to it. Uh, I, I think that when they first started, too, they were really swinging for the fences. Yeah, imagine. So yeah, you would think that they would come up with something at least a little more imaginative or inventive than the cowboy way. Yeah. Um, now, if you don't know this movie. Uh, it stars Woody Harrelson and, um, why am I messing up names today? Woody Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland. Yes, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, came out in 94. Yeah. And it's about two rootin' tootin' cowboys (laughs) that gotta go to the big old smoke of New York City. (laughs) Um, to find somebody that died or something, because the plot to this movie is not um, doled out very well no. in a way where I cared or knew what was going on half of the time. <laughs> no. It is a weirdly incongruous, like, fucking mess of a movie. Well, when you get cowboys <laughs> going to New York City, yeah, it's going to be incongruous. But I think that that... You, you, you think... 
okay, that's just that'll be a movie. I'll know that movie. Yeah, like the fish out of water movie. It's barely even that. There's, there's a few scenes of that, but it's mostly just the most um, charmless movie. Like you, I plotting. really like. Yeah, plotting. I really like Woody Harrelson. I just saw him in that movie at TIFF, and and I was like, oh man, well I'm getting ready for some more Harrelson hijinks. <laughs> and no, what, what movie was he in? A, um, Jinx? Edge of Seventeen. Right, right, right. And he was right, amazing right, in right, it right, right, and right, right, right. super funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie is, is terrible. And I mentioned on Letterboxd on my review that this might be a Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake in disguise <laughs> because it really wants to be a Hollywood movie. And it feels like aliens came down to Earth and were like, movie? <laughs> mm? Right. <laughs> it has your Earth Harrelson in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they call it they call Earth Harrelson. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Abortions for none. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Abortions for some miniature American <laughs> flags for others. Yay. <laughs> oh man. Boy, politics. I Am know, I right? right? Guys? Well, what else? Uh, what else have you been watching? Mm. Yeah, like I said, I've been doing a lot of a uh, lot of kind of indie work. Yeah, indie um, work. Yeah, so uh, I saw Chris Kelly's, uh, I believe, writing and directorial debut, uh, Other People. Okay, this is with. Um, uh, this is with uh, Molly Shaman. Yes, I. This is you. Got you guys have been checking off my to watch list. <laughs> yeah, because you know what I'm getting. I've been done. I've been meaning to watch this as well. It's because I live with uh, a pregnant lady who is totally game to watch movies. Whatever, with me, just like put it on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we just watch movies all the time. It's great. Um, yeah. So I saw that. It's for those who don't know, it stars uh, Molly Shannon, Jesse Plemons, uh, a lot of uh, UCB people. Yeah. Part of it is filmed at UCB. Um, so you get like uh, Colton Dunn shows up, uh, Nicole Byer. Awesome. Um, yeah, I absolutely love both of them. Um, uh others you know yeah uh so oh uh john early is in it cool. um i'm kind of cold on john early i like i keep giving him chances and i he just keeps missing the mark just a little bit yeah uh but yeah by and large this is a really great movie okay um it's it's very much what you think it would be like it's uh you know very heartstrings tugging um indie feeling yeah. uh self inflecting kind of like it's a movie that somebody had to make to uh, uh you know to get over the loss of their mother kind of yeah. thing so it's very autobiographical and in that it's very i don't want to say self-serving because it doesn't come off as like it, it comes off as a very real and sweet okay. movie yeah. but it's very specifically introspective okay um so uh and and that I, I started to kind of feel like because we get so much of that in TV shows yeah. and stuff like that, you know, with the the glut of television shows about comedians of their <laughs> yeah. crazy lives or their mundane lives. Yeah. Uh, so this felt a lot like that, but uh, it was very sweet, and well paced, and Molly Shannon is really good, fucking now. amazing. Yeah. So uh, uh, that yeah. was one of the reasons why I wanted to see it because I saw the trailer and I thought, "Holy crap, she looks amazing in this." She's she is fucking wonderful, and, and I feel like she's had a lot of those small roles, but like the I don't know, she's had a lot of roles probably of this size, but it's nice to see 
something where she's getting a bunch of accolades because she's fucking awesome outside of being hilarious yeah yeah like she's a legitimately i never saw yeah. that uh, was it called year of the dog or whatever yeah. or dog ears or whatever but uh, <laughs> I, I never saw that apparently she was great in that but it was a movie that sort of fell a little bit short too yeah so she just kind of keeps getting stuck in that uh, little loop but yeah yeah she's really wonderful in this and it's uh it's definitely one to watch okay yeah all right yeah yeah uh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I watched something else this week um, that I need to mention uh, really quickly. So there's a movie called Trick or Treat from 2007. Which is fucking wonderful. Which is great. Um, And everybody knows it. And it's really amazing. You should watch it every Halloween. Yeah. But I watched another movie called Trick or Treat. Which is the movie that I always um, confused Trick or Treat. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I had almost watched this so many times because it's a movie about metal and it's a it's a horror movie. And it had a great cover um, of this like dude playing guitar with like a... Yeah, but he's all on fire. All on fire and, and he's shit. He's inside of fucking Halloween or something. Yeah. Um, and then, but I feel like I'd heard from people, oh, it's, it's not gory and it's not super violent. Boring. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's what I always thought. That's why I never watched. (laughs) Me too. And I'm here to tell you, this movie's not boring at all. It is the best. (laughs) I feel like you you gave this thing four stars. I gave this thing four stars out of five on Letterboxd out of, uh, just because, so I, I was doing a, a triple horror feature with my friend and friend of the show, Bruce. Um, and we watched two movies first, but one one of which I really like, and one was was crazy. But it was kind of like when you're doing three movies back to back to back, you get pretty tired, yeah, and you get a little draggy. And putting this movie on could have been, you know, the end of the night. So this was number three. This was number three. It could have been like, let's turn this off, and I'm gonna go home, like, because if it's that bad, you know, it's getting late, kind of thing. Yeah, right. But this movie is amazing. <laughs> it's everything that you want out of a crazy fun. A Halloween horror movie. It's about this kid who is a metal head at a high school where there is apparently no more other people that are into metal in 1986 at this high school. He's the, <laughs> he's the, he's the only metal head at this high school. He's the kid Mark Price. <laughs> yes. Mark Price plays... Okay, for those who don't know, Mark Price plays Skippy on Family Ties. <laughs> you need to know that because Skippy is playing a metal, a metal head. And um, it is... Yeah, so he's playing, and he's playing, like, as far as 80s movies go, he's playing a pretty believable outcast metal kid. Like, you believe this is this nerdy kid. Skippy got range. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so he is really into this guy named Sammy Kerr. He's a devil-worshipping rock star, star, um, and everyone's really mad at him because he's so, like, Oh man, I love the devil and shit, and he dies in a fire. <laughs> oh man, you guys love, love the, the devil, devil and shit. shit. And he dies in a fire, and Mark Price is like, "Oh my god, what am I gonna do?" And he tears all his metal posters down, including uh, like Motley Crue posters. And I'm like, mm, not, not very metal, yeah. <laughs> and uh, wait, wait. So this dude dies, and he's like, "Fuck metal now." Yeah, kind of. Awesome. Well, for a minute until he visits his DJ. Uh, radio DJ friend played by noted asshole Gene Simmons. Yeah. And uh, he's Gene like... Gene Simmons and his notable asshole. Yeah. Gene Simmons is like, hey, check out this crazy record I got. It's Sammy Kerr's 
unreleased album. We're going to play it at midnight on Halloween, but I'll give you the only copy other than this one that I taped for myself to play on midnight. Um, so the kid goes home and he plays it and he, and he notices back masking. So he turn he takes it to the turntable and he turns backwards and then, oh, oh my God, dope. Sammy Kerr's back from the dead and he's got electricity powers and he'll play a show at the high school and shoot people with his guitar with electric <laughs> bol- bolts and shit. Dude, it's so good. It's this, so it much sounds fun. sounds amazing. It's, it's literally just, if you like... 80s lightning effects exploding. <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> it's so good. how much I love right? 80s lightning effects. I know. And then, like, stereo equipment is exploding. And, of course. And it's just awesome. It cannot just contain the somebody, metal. Somebody listens to the album, and it, like, melts their ears, and that's pretty sweet. Uh, it, yeah, so... Is there a good uh, like gore level to this? No, is there, it's no. not much gore. No. There's not even a lot. Uh, uh, it, what is the selling point here? Is it a great script? It's or just, is it just... an insane, over-the-top cheese movie. No. It's not a great script, but it's always fun. It is not boring in the slightest. Now, the uh, this cover that we're looking at now would lead me to believe that uh, Gene Simmons and Ozzy well. Osbourne. And Ozzy Osbourne, that's a very misleading cover because he looks like he's in his metal garb there. Yeah. But Ozzy plays a dude on TV in a bunch of scenes that's like a priest, and he's rallying against metal. Ooh, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. Yes. All right. So, And it's just it's a lot of fun. and. It it there, he bites the head off a Bible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like it. There's not a lot of kills and stuff, but there's a lot of you know. It, he he can't control the the Sammy Kerr guy that comes back is is at first like helping him get back at his bullies. It's one of those like I'll help you get revenge on everyone, and then he starts taking it too far, and the kid yeah. can't stop it, kind of thing. That sounds pretty dope. Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple death scenes and stuff, but yeah, don't go into this movie expecting violence, and go into it expecting awesome metal ridiculousness from the height of like that yeah. <laughs> and you'll you'll have a good time right. and there's a whole it. soundtrack by fast way which i guess All were right. former members of motorhead and something else all right well i'm sold yeah so definitely watch trick-or-treat 1986 yeah sounds good it's on youtube or yeah it's pretty hard to find but if you can't pay for it yeah <laughs> yeah come on support uh, 80s metal horror yeah what if, what else for you? All right. Well, uh, there's another movie that I don't want to talk that much about. Okay. Uh, so I'll just quickly glance over it. I watched uh, Morris from America. Okay. Which what? is, uh, it stars Craig Robinson. Yes. And a young kid whose name I don't remember. Um, and it's basically just about these Amer- this American and his son. They, uh, they live... They're, they live in, in Germany, and they're very American, and they're trying yes. to make their way in Germany kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's all right. Okay. It's fine. It's, yeah. Craig Robinson is so great. I wish he was in it more, uh, but uh, yeah, it's all right. All right. Uh, yeah, so there's that. And then I watched a very anticipated movie mm-hmm. um, called Swiss Army Man. Oh, yes. another one on my list. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, when it came out, for those of you who don't know, which I think it's gotten uh, yeah. pretty renowned, but uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a movie about a man who's stranded uh, in the wilderness, and he finds a farting corpse with boners. Yes. 
and uh, he befriends it. Played by Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, Daniel Radcliffe is the boner fart. Uh, boner <laughs> farting corpse. The boner fart. He doesn't fart boners. The That's boner misleading. Uh, he farts and gets boners. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, and then. Uh, Directed by Daniels. Yeah, directed by Daniels. A.K.A. Dan Quan and Daniel Schneider. Two guys named Daniels, hence Daniels. Daniels. (laughs) Um, Yes, so this movie is uh, as awful as a movie directed by two people who call themselves Daniels. Yeah. Should be. Because I, oh man, so you did not dig it. It's, I I can see, a lot of people actually really did love it. Um, And I can see... Technically, why you should love it, but it's oh god, it's just so cute. Yeah, and and it's I it's I don't like a movie that's told to me. Okay, do you know what I mean? Like I don't like it. It very much feels like two dudes in their second year of film school, and they're like drinking or getting high one night and they're like fuck man you know what life is like man no life is <laughs> like this man you should be <laughs> <laughs> life is and follow me here yeah. uh, farting I'm taking a left turn for a second <laughs> yeah uh, but it's like it's like two fairly inventive dudes who just get high too much and go like it's like what if there was like this fucking uh, uh, you know like it's like life is like uh, you know you should be able to fart in front of people and stuff and like get boners <laughs> and stuff because it's just like natural and shit so like it's it basically feels like two over overzealous film students explaining what life is really like to you yeah and and their uh device for doing this is a voting a farting boner course <laughs> which granted man i don't know it's been a lot Sounds of fun good to, to me <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to watch this and i think it's it's it sounds good to a lot of people i'm just like i don't see how this is a movie this is just two guys fucking philosophy man yeah but what life is like and it's like well no obviously that's what life is like you know farting and boners are are totally natural things that we hide from society and you know what are we hiding i had no idea that that's what this movie was going to be the kind of the kind of message that the movie was going to be about that's crazy yeah it's uh well it's not specifically specifically about about farting and boners boners. yeah yeah no um it's 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 more about like you know what we hide from other people and how we live these insular lives uh uh, when we should just you know all naturally be you you know extroverted and be be trying to connect with other people people uh and it's just it's so obvious and so like if you want to use a farting boner corpse to tell this story to tell this type of thing don't spend every moment of the film going this is what we're doing you know because like they 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 constantly are having these these conversations about what life is like and like wow well you know because paul dano is explaining life to this boner corpse. corpse yeah um I'm sorry, Boner Corpse. Uh, Yeah, Is it Mr. Boner Corpse? (laughs) Please, my father was Mr. Boner Corpse. Uh, Call me farty. But, uh, yeah, so so Paul Dano's constantly, well, this is what life is really like. And and farting Boner Corpse is like, well, yeah, but life doesn't have to be like that, man. We can all just be free and blah, blah, blah. It's (laughs) it's a real bummer. Like, it's just, well, I found it to be a real bummer, but we were watching, Miles really liked it. Okay. So I think that it can be really fun right. and refreshing and, and revitalizing for, for some people. I yeah. just don't like to be told a movie. I think it would have been a much more affecting movie boners and farts and all. Yeah. If they had have just implied a lot of what they were saying, because all of the things that they were doing along the way, 
could have told that story. Yeah. That they were then verbalizing. Okay. Well, this thing's got 63 on the Metascore, so yeah, yeah um, not firing up the charts. I'm gonna, I, I imagine Greg, I know we were all pretty excited about this. I'm sure Greg will have seen it at some point, and then we'll circle back on it, because I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. Because even just from a visual standpoint from the trailers, I thought, i got to see it. And there's a couple things that, like, uh, effects-wise look great. Yeah. Um, and, and a couple things that are really inventive. It's just they're wasted in this movie that just spends its whole time. Uh, you know, I, I don't like Heathers for the same reason. Yeah, you're wrong. Every, yeah, <laughs> everybody loves Heathers except for me. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'm wrong about this one, too. But I don't think so. Yeah. Well, Also, I'm not wrong about Heathers. That movie sucks. <laughs> Um, well, I have another one that I don't want to talk about too much. Um, yeah. I want to say really quickly, I watched a documentary uh, called Silicon Cowboys. Um, yeah, I saw I saw this on Facebook that you'd written uh, yeah. about it. And it looks really interesting. So directed by Jason Cohen. This is it's a short documentary. It's an hour and about 15, 16 minutes. Um, and I saw this. And decided I really wanted to watch it because it is a documentary about uh, the company Compaq, the, com- right. the computer company. Now, if you don't know about Compaq and they are just like a computer company that you remember from your past or whatever, you might not know um, that Compaq, they were one of the first people to do a really, really great portable computer. So IBM came out with one or or no, IBM didn't come out with one, but there had been some and then they decided like we're going to start this company and we're going to really take on the computer industry and we're going to make this, the first one they ever did was a portable computer, quote unquote portable because at this point they're like looking back on it it's amazing it's like you're carrying around like it's like a big fucking suitcase type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and the uh if i remember correctly because i had a friend who had one yeah the, the keyboard popped off the top into the top and yeah. becomes the top of the suitcase yeah yeah and yeah. there's a little was, monitor behind it yeah 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 it was it was inventive yeah totally and and it's crazy so they were these guys they had all these um different jobs and they decided like we're going to quit all of our jobs and we're going to start this company and they quit their jobs before they even knew what the company was going to be um and so it's just it's really i'm a huge nerd for this kind of shit yeah and it was fascinating to me it's not the best documentary in the world i knew enough about the company that i could get into the movie and then I didn't know enough about it that I did learn things, but I can imagine people that know a lot about what went on watching it and saying, oh, yeah, that's just – that's what happened. Yeah. I already knew that, but I didn't. And so I found it really fascinating, and the whole battle between them and IBM is just really interesting to me because it is very much the kind of like David versus Goliath right. tale, but then – compact kind of also becomes a goliath and then it's like goliath versus goliath (laughs) but then there's all these other companies that weren't happy with the way that ibm were doing things where they started doing like closed uh not networks but like basically like closing up their software um compatibility and really appling it up. yeah really trying to get that kind of apple thing and and compact and all these other small companies basically stood up and said well how about we all do our own thing that everyone can use and it's really interesting and if you like that kind of tech history stuff you'll probably find something to enjoy and it reminded me that there's that show halt and catch fire yeah i tried to watch an episode of that and i didn't like it but then no I, but then i, I, I started they, they use a bunch of clips from it in this and one of the guys that i guess created it or whatever and i, I just kept thinking 
I want to like that show because it's about this world that I love, but it's like a fictionalized sort of, you know, based on true things. And I really want to watch like a thriller TV syndicated TV show or whatever. It, it should that be, world. It should be great. Yeah. Like, and, and I feel like it's one that if you really plow through and stick with it, maybe it is ultimately rewarding. Yeah. But uh, it does not grab you from. The yeah. Beginning. No, I watched like the first episode or two and I thought this isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great cast like yeah. Lee Pace and and Scoot Scooty 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 and the McNary fish. Yeah, and McNary. Yeah, yeah. So if you're into that kind of nerd shit like me, check out Silicon Cowboys. It's definitely worth your hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it's told in a, in such a way that even if you're not like a tech head, like I I found that I've watched some like YouTube documentaries and stuff that are just dry as bone and yeah. this was definitely they they tried to spice it up at least. They tell it in in a, as graphically an interesting way as they can. <laughs> yeah. You would have to. Yeah. So what else? Anything else on your end? Uh yeah, one more uh for the uh for the old uh documentary. The indie hat? Oh, documentary. Hat. Uh yeah. Um I watched a movie called Oh wait, let me get the exact name of this some bitch mm-hmm. uh, yes it's called hello i am david hello i am david hello i am david okay um and it is a movie about david healthcott okay uh and it's basically just about uh, this this tour that he does much of the uh the footage comes from one specific show okay and uh this uh movie is absolutely beautiful and yeah. wonderful yeah uh if you need to um just feel like there's at least one really beautiful amazing person in the world just <laughs> go watch uh, uh david Helfgott. okay and uh it's it, it doesn't do that much like it doesn't tell you his whole tumultuous uh, uh upbringing or anything like that because the movie shine already did that okay and, and i've never movie, seen that uh, oh, it's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, and this movie kind of, it, it starts out, it goes, this was his childhood. And then a couple points throughout the movie, it goes, uh, it talks about trying to get the movie Shine produced. And uh, and they sort oh, of cool. Like, um, but uh, but really briefly, and mostly it's just about the day-to-day life of David Helfgott yeah. and uh, just how wonderful his mind is. Cool. And, you know, and it never gets too tragic. It's never like, oh, you know, he uh, uh, suffers from this or whatever. It's just, yeah. He's just a quirky fellow who, you know, is brilliant at the piano. They make the point that um, he wouldn't be able to play as well as he does if he knew how difficult what he was doing was. Oh, really? Yeah, like yeah. it's 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 a re- he's such an interesting mind. Okay. And we follow him and his wife and his wife is constantly talking like we see how frustrating it is for her. Yeah. We see the frustration of his life through her. And not okay. through him because he's just the sweet man going around shaking everybody's yeah. hand, you know, loving everybody. And then just loving to play the piano and just sitting down at the piano, like, despite, you know, the the weird shit that that should bring up for, yeah. for him. Um, we just see this really sweet man and the frustration of being around him. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's absolutely heartwarming and, and, and a really, really sweet documentary. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> Is that on the flicks? It's on the flicks. Cool. Yeah. That's one thing I will say for the flicks. They they have a lot of great documentaries. Yeah, they do have a lot of documentaries. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else for what I've been watching this week. 
Um, I will say, super briefly, in reference to the horror movie triple feature I had with Bruce, we watched a Canadian film called Zombie Nightmare. Have you seen that with N- Thor? No, but I saw the box on your Instagram. Yes. Um, if you are looking for a really bad Canadian movie to have an amazing time laughing at, yeah. check that one out. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Thor in it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like he's kind of barely in it, though. Well, yeah, he, he did heavy metal zombies. Yeah. Or heavy metal, yeah, something like that. Heavy metal something. Yeah. Um, hard rock zombies. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Because the cover was a tombstone exploding and a guitar coming out of the grave. <laughs> Best thing ever. Yeah, pretty good. Um, should we get to film roulette then? I yeah, might as well. All right, let's do it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. is our weekly segment where the three of us roll a die two of us roll a die this week uh yeah. but the well three of us did roll the die last two week of us are talking about it and the two high rollers get to go see something good this week the high rollers went and saw the major release the magnificent seven and the loser has to go see something terrible or something that we have picked uh as a netflix pick uh or an at-home viewing pick thematically that is and this week it was the dead seven which was an asylum film uh we will talk about that we will roll for movies next week but the loser gets to give the winners an album to listen to for the rest of the week i did that we'll review magnificent seven and dead seven talk about that album and we'll roll we'll keep it going um as i mentioned uh casey and greg uh i i imagine went and saw the magnificent seven this is directed by Antoine Fuqua. It stars Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, and others. Um, this is about... Uh, it's a remake, obviously. Yeah, a remake of uh, the original Magnificent yeah. Seven from 1963, which was a remake of the Seven yes. Samurai. Yeah. The Seven Akira Kurosawa Samurai. Uh, so in, in the film, seven gunmen in the Old West gradually come together to help a poor village against savage thieves. Um, so yeah, remake of a remake... Um, interesting, but uh, Antoine Fuqua he's made some cool movies, made some entertaining films. Yeah, did, it seems uh, like Training maybe he's Day done made... a stumble recently with the Equalizer. Yeah, yeah, but which Greg did was, not like. But yeah, but I mean, he, he Greg is the only person I know who has seen it. Oh yeah, and said it wasn't good. <laughs> it was good enough that they're making a sequel. That's true. Uh, or Sequelizer. Yeah, if you sequ- will. they should call it that. I really think they should. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't know if Antoine Fuqua is doing the sequel or not. Okay. Um, or if he was too busy with yeah. the Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. Yeah. This thing is getting 54 on Metascore. It should also be noted that Antoine Fuqua directed uh, Olympus Has Fallen, which this is, is true. a fucking great action movie. Uh, it's a really dumb, great action movie, but that's... yeah. That sort of action pedigree is what uh, got me excited about the action in Magnificent Seven. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, with this coming down the center on Metascore, uh, I would have loved to have heard Greg's take, but I guess we'll have to do a little recap next week. Yeah. But from your perspective, do you want to color this uh, conversation with any of your experiences with the past movies, or do you want to get right into this one? Do you want to judge it on its own merit? I'll basically judge it on its own merit. Uh, I haven't seen the original in a very long time, and I saw the original when I didn't really give that much of a fuck about uh, yeah. uh, westerns from 1963. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm basically going in uh, clean slate with this. Yeah. I am a fan of the western now if they're good. Yeah. Um, and so I was excited to see this, mm-hmm. uh, and. Ultimately, it is sitting at, what are we looking at? 54. About 54 on Metascore, and that seems about right. Yeah. Um, although, maybe it could be a little bit higher. Yeah. It's not unentertaining. Yeah. Um, and it's it's made entertaining by its um, performances. Okay, I was going to say the cast. Yeah. How is Chris Pratt? Because this is like his next stepping stone into... Guardians of the Galaxy has made me a star. Yeah. Here is my next move, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm 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 stepping into the role of yeah. like, uh, you know, Harrison Ford, Kurt Russell, uh, yeah, you know, like that type of action but star in a safe way because Denzel Washington is top billed here on the IMDb, and I think it's kind of like Chris Pratt. Also, we have this person to back us up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> who and- is like a star performer <laughs> yeah and and i think that this movie did well for chris pratt's uh um performance and career mm-hmm. because he is allowed to sort of sit back and be just just below just second banana enough yeah but visible enough that you're like boy he's great at this <laughs> yeah but you're um, not like too much yeah <laughs> exactly and i and yet at the same time i feel like if he was if he was in charge of this whole thing still would have been pretty good yeah uh thank god for um uh, denzel washington and specifically uh, uh vincent d'onofrio oh yeah because the rest of this movie is pretty flat yeah the direction does this movie no favors no um it's... i don't know if as a like i know i've liked movies he's made but i don't know if as a director from a style perspective i've ever thought you know like yeah he does action good but i've never thought like in his eye for these you know well that's that's the thing this movie really solidified for me i i was like okay give antoine fuqua the budget give him uh you know all of the means yeah to make his vision of this western and and it turns out he doesn't have that much of an eye for or that much of his own eye yeah you know it's 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 pretty bog standard yeah um it's yeah, I feel fine. like he's somewhere like, I don't know, when I see the action in the trailer for this and I see the action in some of his recent movies, I think like you're 
you don't want to be Michael Bay, but you have just that kind of like, we'll have the big wide shots and like... But even those big wide shots aren't... aren't, uh, They don't establish room enough. Like, it it feels very like, wait, where are we right now? And why is everybody around me shooting each other? Why do I not know who's shooting who? Is there any like sweeping shots in this? No, that's the thing. It doesn't even use big... Like, the, the big thing about like shooting a Western is... Like how scale? How, yeah. You gotta have that size, that and, scope, and how how beautiful you can shoot a movie like that that set out, you know, on the range kind of thing. Yeah, and this movie doesn't really use that much of any of it. Oh man! Um, so it's really left up to the actors, and uh, and the actors do a fine job. Denzel Washington is amazing as usual, but again, he doesn't have that much to work with. Yeah. So his performance ends up being. Great, but his performance. There was a trailer before this movie for the movie Fences. Okay, um, what is which that? It's uh, it, it was a Tony-winning play. Okay, um, about uh, a man, a black man in the 1950s, you know, raising a family. Okay, uh, and and the struggles therein. Um, he Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Okay, uh, I believe they both uh did this um on Broadway. Um, directed by someone else, though I believe. Um, so they're bringing it to the to the uh, screen. Yeah, uh, Denzel Washington is directing. Um, his performance in the trailer uh, was miles above his performance in this <laughs> movie. Uh, and goddamn it, Fences looks amazing. Okay, like, it looks like a, a run don't that walk. Trailer. Um, but uh, yeah, there's just not a lot going on here. Yeah, I don't mean to say like, oh, he. I don't know why I said Michael Bay, but I'm just trying to think like like action movies because, because that have that pretty, kind of he's pretty generic. Yeah, like he, he really doesn't do a lot of his own thing, kind of thing. And maybe you could see that as oh well, you know, he's getting out of the way of of the story and of yeah. his actors. But no, a lot of the times he's getting in the way of his actors and the okay. story. Um, you know, he's got Ethan Hawke is in this, and he's yeah. fine. Um. Again, Vincent D'Onofrio stands out, but I think that you could give him one line in a shitty movie. And, and he'll he would, stand out? Yeah, because he's he's a phenomenal actor. Um, and always just really, really watchable. Uh, Peter Skarsgård, or sorry, Sarsgård, plays the uh, the villain, and he is a villain. Yeah. Like, it's Chewing that scenery. straight up, like, um, this movie doesn't try to do that thing that movies these days do. You know, always has to do where we have to understand the villain's point of view, kind of thing. Yeah, or he's not just a villain; he's just got a different perspective. No, he's like a straight up dick. Yeah, and he's like, I'm just a fucking total douche, <laughs> and uh, I want this land, so I'm going to take it. Man, yeah, and that's kind of refreshing, or it would have been in a different movie. <laughs> okay, and yet I wouldn't say don't see it; mm-hmm. just don't wait till it's on. Don't Netflix. run out and see it. Yeah. And when it's on Netflix, wait until you can be playing with your phone or something because you don't need to be checked into this movie to enjoy the parts of it you'll enjoy. Okay. Well, Magnificent Seven, I will watch that on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm definitely interested enough to give this one a whirl, although the running time is pretty getting up there. (laughs) Two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's not that long. Uh, Does it feel long? Yeah, yeah. By, by around a minute or an hour and forty-five, you're like, uh, 
Let's wrap this thing up. We probably wrap this up. I know. I I I feel like I I just said it before in the past. I have the um a lot of people, a lot of listeners think like if it's long, you won't like it. But I just I've been burned by so many long movies. <laughs> I love there's some some of my favorite movies are insanely long. Oh, Lucky Man. That's like two full movies in one. Um, <laughs> but it's just got to be. I don't know. You don't it's have because, to justify it to me. Too. I know, but it's because like when you're watching B movies and they're in and out in 80 minutes, <laughs> and even if they're the worst, you're like, well, it wasn't that much of my life though. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can judge it as such. But when, uh, when a mediocre movie steals two hours and 15 yeah. minutes of your life, you're like, come on, uh, man. You, there's just a little bit extra fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of mediocre to bad movies, I watched Dead 7. Directed by Danny Rowe. This is a asylum <laughs> picture. It's um, always funny when you mention who the director of these movies yep. is. Like Gotta it do matters. it. Gotta do it. This Absolutely. was Asylum's joint for sci-fi um, and stars a number of boy band members. We're talking Nick Carter. We're talking Joey Fatone. We're talking A.J. McLean. We're talking some guy from 98 Degrees, I think. Yeah. Uh, I somebody like from O-Town. There's an O-Town fellow in there. Um... And we're talking a story by Nick Carter. This was... I'm sorry, what? A story by Nick Carter. Ooh. This was a passion project of sorts. It was originally going to be made without... There's some... I'll find the Wikipedia here, but there was some story where they said, like, Nick Carter was trying to get a movie off the ground forever, and finally they got this thing with Asylum going, and they decided to make it a zombie movie. Like, it was going to be like a... um, It was going to be some other kind of movie. And load it up now. But in case you don't know, this movie is a post-apocalyptic western that follows a group of gunslingers as they look to rid a small town of a zombie plague. Does, does that sound familiar to you? Um, it's familiar to you. A bunch yeah. of uh, gunslingers trying to get a town cleaned up. Oh yeah, it sounds like a movie I just watched. <laughs> we do the rest of the show like this. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, so Nick Carter, he'd been trying to make a movie for years. Um. And he was going to make this this movie called Evil Blessings. Um, but that uh, production ran into some problems, and he ended up having to scrap the movie um, and decided to make this movie called Dead West, and then they changed the name of it to Dead 7. Um, they changed it to Dead 7. From Dead West. Right. Uh, wait, when did they do that? When we saw the, when we originally saw the... It was Dead 7 then. Trailer was Dead 7 then? Yeah. Okay. And we are, but we already knew Magnificent Seven was coming out. Basically, they did this to keep it in tandem with Magnificent Seven. I think so. All right. I think, I think maybe because I don't believe that in the screenplay or anywhere in this movie is anybody involved, obviously, with Magnificent Seven down the line. There's no, you know, based on an idea by or anything. Right. Because they don't own that property. No, but this is but an this asylum is, movie. E- exactly. And it is very cl- so clearly, in fact, that there is a bunch of title cards in this movie. Um, and one of the title cards is, it splats up on the screen or whatever, the Magnificent Dead Seven. Oh. And you're like, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's tasteless. Um, so this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it is just aggressively annoying and i watched this thing at home because it's available on uh on all your home viewing situations from dvd to blu-ray and i rented it and 
guess what? It almost made me sick at home because it is a movie that the first like 10 minutes is so we're just going to run around with the camera and all the shots aren't going to be held for any longer than a few seconds and they're all going to be like we're we're going to be trying to get gritty so it's all handheld right and i and it didn't make me feel nauseous it's but a i did real kinetic but style. i did think oh yeah well ki- kinetic <laughs> kinetic implies that they had any kind of artistic intent Outside of just like, <laughs> it's the <laughs> style of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, now I do want to note that this movie also stars. Um, let me find her name. Carrie. Deborah Wilson. Oh, really? Of Mad TV fame. I love Deborah Wilson. I think she's a very underrated comedian. Well, or a comedic actor. Anyway, she does not need to be funny in this movie, and as such. Is awful. Is not. <laughs> uh, is she bad? Like is she's she like the evil villain. Ah. Like, um, so the like she has. So I guess there's all these zombies, and they call them chrome, chrome heads or chrome teeth or something stupid. Um, what? Yeah. So they're trying to throw in a little nod. It to, seems like uh, it. Mad Max to or Mad something. Max? They keep yeah. They keep calling them like chrome skulls or something. Something with chrome and. There, I guess there's all these chrome, chromesies, and <laughs> chromesers. Yeah, and they're like wandering around. They're all zombies, and some people have uh, like gone to her character, who I I don't know if is in Apocalyptica. Yes, Apocalyptica. Um, and I guess she's like the she's got something to do with um with them. That's her right there. Yep, there she is. Um. Yeah, like some people work for her now, like um, AJ, AJ McLean. Uh, he is ridiculously over um, acting in this movie with his little like insane clown posse look going on here. Um, and then so a bunch of people band together and try and uh, stop her and the zombies and clean up the town and Joey... Fatoni, he's overacting too. His name's like Whiskey Joe in this Joni movie. Fatoni. Yeah. Um. Let me. Sorry, I, I'm just looking at the poster now. Uh. I for I had assumed that this was in the old west. Yes. Why does he have an automatic rifle? I don't know. It's like a alternate west, maybe. Okay, so this is just sort of completely anachronistic. Uh, yeah, like people are wearing like fucking. I don't know. Maybe it's not in the old west. Maybe it's in the now in the old west. I don't remember. I don't recall a a title uh, telling me what year this was set in. Maybe it did, and I was just not paying attention because the movie's garbage. Yeah. Um, I want to say like they just don't explain it. Like I think they lead lead you up to believe that this is post apocalyptic of some sort. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think maybe at the beginning, I feel like <laughs> it's post apocalyptic. We have had society as it is now. Now we're past that because there's been an apocalypse, and, and everyone was like, "Guys, let's dress up like cowboys." <laughs> you know what? It'll be fun if we look like cowboys. <laughs> Except you, you well, look like people that live in cowboy towns and stuff right yeah, now. They still look like yeah. cowboys, I guess. <laughs> it's not like some dead like <laughs> nobody in the world is a cowboy ever again. Uh, yeah, like, there's I, old west towns still. I guess I feel like they look like they're trying to. To be the old yes, west, but yes, not. every once in a while, let's have an automatic. But like, oh, don't worry, my my button-up shirt, Nick Carter, is from like H and M. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he looks more, you know, Australian than uh, Western. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess uh, I I really didn't care for this movie. It is the the style of this movie. So it's one of those movies where. 
Um, now, I don't know 100% if the stuff that they show you... So, okay, I got to calm down for a second. Ooh, just did seven. <laughs> so it's one of those movies where every few seconds or minutes, depending on what the movie feels like, it will just like toss footage at you like with filters on it and stuff like it'll be like oh anyway over here is a couple scenes then yeah um shot 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 and then it's all in like inverted filters and stuff to make it look comic booky and like and like kinetic um and it's all just like like somebody figured out the video toaster on their yeah yeah on their amiga all right yeah um yeah and and that makes me it's the worst that's terrible and it's some of it feels like well you gotta pad this movie out a little and then Mm -hmm. the others a lot of it just feels like this movie's not exciting enough so we'll do like shot 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 somebody getting their head blown off somebody getting a gun in their mouth somebody get like all these different things of like people getting murdered and uh, the zombies getting murdered and stuff and i don't know if because some of it happens in the movie, and I don't. But some of it, I felt like maybe this is just the asylum's like stock footage of because they've made a million zombie movies, so they just like were using all footage of like zombies getting their head kicked in and stuff. Right. Like, because some of it seemed like maybe it wasn't even from this movie. <laughs> and they, yeah, I would not. Put but they wanted to get like the gore quotient up, so they just keep doing that. Because every time like people are introduced and stuff, and every time it like mentions uh, the zombies or whatever, it's like. Kush, 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 kush. It's fucking aggressively annoying. Like, I, I, and I would assume that a certain amount of money went into this movie, you know, because like all it of the Backstreet Boys yeah. and people like that, they, they had to pay them something to mm-hmm. be in. It's no, they didn't just do this over the weekend. Well, Nick Carter a, seems like it's a hoot. passion project for him. So. Yeah, like, so did he put a lot of money behind this thing? Uh, he must have. Well, God bless him. Yeah. And I hope he had a lot of uh, artistic input, too. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of CGI blood in it. Yeah. So it's got that thing where like someone will do like a whoa my face and then a little squirt will go <laughs> <laughs> post production. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's terrible. It was awful. I really had a bad time watching this movie. It's not even fun. No, it's just like Magnificent Seven. They got to round them up and they got to go kill all these zombies. Are there seven of them? Yeah, totally. You can see they're Sam on the cover. Oh, there they are. Yeah, and the AJ guy was bad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, the AJ guy's bad, and the rest of them are the seven. Is he the clown? He's to- yeah, he's the AJ's clown. The he's the little insane, insane clown, clown posse guy. And oh, he's, so he's the he he also is he's the one of the yeah. He's oh yeah, because like he's cahoots. working for Deborah Wilson. Yeah, All right. And there's some other people that are. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. It's of awful. Fun. It's it's terrible. It's not fun. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. It is literally like it's like a flavorless rice cracker. <laughs> yeah it's just there to fill the space in which that wouldn't be filled if it was not brought into this world <laughs> yeah uh, again like the asylum thing like i feel like this strays from the asylum uh uh, uh model of tricking your grandmother into buying this movie yeah uh more it, it like is tricking you know 90s kids yeah <laughs> 90s kids into seeing this movie because they're like oh my god the backstreet boys and the n-syncs are yeah. in this you know that's what crazy no fucking musical number uh that's you would think there would be at least a big impressive dance number. i want a that's literally i feel like half the people that watched this movie were like a zombie movie starring a bunch of people from a bunch of boy bands, I imagine it's a musical, or I imagine there'll be a dance number. There has to be at least a dance-off. There's a song that they play for like 10 seconds at the beginning and like another 30 seconds over the credits or whatever. But, yeah, like, you 
give me that. Yeah, <laughs> like you just give me the give me the the boy band scene, please. Because even or I was just thinking, least, just do it, just do it. At very least, make all of the zombies look like Lou Pearlman. <laughs> because I think that that who just died recently in prison, yeah. by the way. Um, which fucking that's just fine because that guy was a fucking scum. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, what a bummer. It was not that's good. Not a bummer. Who, who would have guessed that this movie was bad? Yeah. So, um, speaking... It says comedy. Yeah, comedy I mean, they're, tr- they're trying to be funny. It's, they're not. Oh, God, are they really? Yeah. Because, like, I feel like Joey Fat One is... Um, I feel like he's always tried to be the funny the one. The funny one. Yeah. Yeah. So, is he really... I feel like he's really hamming it up. Yeah, they all are. I mean, to be honest, everybody is. That makes me want to watch it for, like, ten minutes just to kind of... Oh, put it on and see the uh, beginning. Oh, yeah. also, I wanted to say... Uh, the guy from Everclear is in it. Art Alexis? Or no, Ever, Everlast? Yeah. No, is Everclear. That him? Yeah. Yeah, Art Alexis. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's Ale- in there. Alexakis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, really? Yeah. That guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, I was like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Other than to be like, I'm from the 90s, too. <laughs> yeah, like literally. Yeah. At what point does Mark McGrath come out? I, come oh, on, man. You guys, let's go have lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> The classic lemonade scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. that's a classic Mark McGrath. Line. I know, man. I He's love their saying. song about lemonade. He oh, was just yeah. always into lemonade. It was weird, but I want lemonade. Hey, when you want it, when you want it. That's how that song, song went, right? Yeah, when I'm you want it, when you want it, when you want it, when you want it. Well, speaking of zombies. I'm I'm disappointed that that Greg's not here to talk about this, but we'll get his uh, his input here. Uh, I gave you guys an album this yeah. week by a band called Send More Paramedics. This is an album from 2002 um, called A Feast for the Fallen. I gave this album to you guys because um, it's almost Halloween, and this is my this is one of my go to uh, put on an album in advance of Halloween albums, and I don't know why it became that um other than it's just for me it's just like a fun stupid thrash album that happens to be all about zombies i don't like their other albums i've tried to listen to their other albums i don't like them at all yeah and i don't know why and this, they're not like this at all they are there's the one after this the hallowed and the heathen is kind of like this um but then the rest of them get i i maybe generally people might think the uh, the later albums are better because they're better produced and they're more of like a thrashy metal but there's something about this album that i find charming so i thought i would give it to you guys um and you were very uh not interested in the idea of a zombie a band of people that play songs about zombies because it has that kind of uh well i I, i'm not interested in a band that calls themselves send more paramedics and has a song called the pain of being dead which is a line from uh return of the living dead well there's a ton of stuff here from dawn of the dead yeah Yeah. this is all just this it's all basically a big recap of of zombie movies (laughs) kind of thing so i was like uh i don't like your gimmick yeah i I reject your premise um (laughs) but uh but then i listened to the album yeah and my relationship with this album is complicated. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, because from the like very that. beginning, you're like, oh, man. Okay, so this is just a band. Who, maybe they've never heard a, another band other than Slayer. Yeah. But uh, they are aping <laughs> Slayer. Like, they, like, there will be a riff, and you're like, 
that's a Slayer riff. That is a modified <laughs> Slayer riff. And then a guitar solo, and you're like, well, that's where Carrie King would play that exact guitar <laughs> solo. Well, but better. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I don't have that much love for Slayer anymore yeah. because I really felt like they should have just called it quits when Jeff Hanneman died. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have enough reverence for them. Yeah. And enough love of their music yeah. that when a band like this comes along, I'm like... Yeah, I think I'm going to not like you. Yeah. But damn it, if I didn't find myself <laughs> going, they're a pretty good copy yeah, of Slayer. They are. I, I like I don't know if it's some of the songs. I don't know if it's like the melod like it cuz a lot of this is just you know, they have a song called like Resurrection Cemetery where they yell Resurrection Cemetery a lot. And yeah. they have like a song called like The Night Has a Thousand Eyes where they yell that a bunch of times. Yeah. Like they have like, it's look, a lot it's of not, just that. And it's not all a Slayer rip. No. It's just that that's the band that they're ripping off the most. It's really thing. it's really like Slayer mixed with because they're a British band. Right. Uh they're they're an English band, so they have that kind of like British crossover metal thrash thing going on and it's very much like what if slayer were a little bit scrappier in their early days and had a little bit more of a british sound to them right and and but but i can't i can't put my finger on anything else but but i really like the way that this was produced yeah and that's what one of the things i don't like about their later albums is the later albums have that kind of this is a thrashy metal band and they're they they're more technical in their later albums and the, so they have that kind of like I don't know how to explain it but you would hear it and you'd be like oh yeah yeah that kind of production 100% yeah. but this is more like we're a scrappy little band in a practice room yeah yeah and and like who who have metal chops yeah like there's a lot of like little riffs and little like little things here and there yeah where you're like oh that was cool i yeah. like i like how you did that and i like that you're maintaining that uh, chugging riff kind of thing yeah um and, and again the thing about Slayer's riffs and the thing about about the way they play their guitars is that it's so good and it's so listenable yeah. that that a band that's ripping them off can make up riffs that sound yeah. like Slayer riffs and those riffs can still be pretty sweet. Yeah. So there's a couple of riffs on this album that yeah, I'm just definitely. like, that's fucking dope. Yeah. And I could listen I could continue to listen to that. And honestly, there's a couple uh songs. Now like I listened to this while I was working or, or while yeah. I was doing things, so I, I didn't really sp- like a pinpoint a song yeah. kind of thing and you don't have to with an no, album like this no you really this. don't um but I, I was like shit i might put this on again or at very <laughs> least it makes me want to listen to south of heaven again yeah no i i'm i'm happy with that no. i uh, the most i was i that i wanted was like there's a couple riffs and I'm and glad that you had a fun time with it. Yeah, I really, it, I really had a surprisingly fun time. It, there's with a charm to it. To it. It's the yeah. I think that's why I come back to it every year because yes, it is just okay. They're singing about zombies and they're using samples from my favorite zombie movies. Yeah, but there is also kind of like a weird charm to it. It's not just it's not like a, a monster mash mentality. Yeah, you know, it's not like oh, we're just gimmicking our way through this. Yeah, like there's a genuine love of those movies. Yeah, and uh, uh, and this m- music seems. To to be to their mind inspired by those movies yeah and that's fine yeah like i got no i i got no problem with anybody who's who has reverence for, for yeah. these movies and uh and yeah i'm down with that yeah so check out send more paramedics yeah, we'll see what well. greg thought um listen to a feast of the fallen try their other albums if you want to but i go for this one if you if you only reach for one zombie core metal whatever band you want to call it i would say a feast for the fallen yeah yeah um 
Okay, so now we have to roll. Um, and we haven't picked. Oh yeah, what are we? What gonna, we are gonna roll for? What are we gonna watch? Well, opening this week is Miss Pentagreen's Home for Peculiar Children, a movie yeah. which I really do not want to see. I have I have no desire to make a Tim no. Burton movie the winning movie. No, me either. I think it looks really bad. Uh, Should I, it be yeah. the loser? You know, I'm hearing. I don't know if it's if it's loser enough. I'm hearing good things about this Deepwater Horizon movie, but again, it's another movie. It's about the big uh, crazy BP oil yeah. spill. Um, it played at TIFF. It looked pretty good. Yeah, and people are giving it real positive praise and everything. It just looks pretty standard. Yeah. Should we do a, um, since Greg's not here, should we do a winner's choice? And whatever we'll winner's choice. He can, can see before he gets back. He'll see. And then you, do you think Miss uh, Pentagreen's Children is a loser movie enough? Um, well, judging from uh, Tim Burton's uh, output since Ed Wood... Uh, yeah, we might as well. <laughs> it isn't getting very good reviews, 52. Yeah, he doesn't know how to make a movie. <laughs> yeah, I am I mean, I, I've been off Tim Burton for a while. And yeah. the idea of going to see this does not make me excited at all. No, no. Um, yeah, all right, let's make this the loser then. All right. Casey, you want to roll? We got a table here. Go for it. That's a one. Wow, that is a one. All right, I'm rolling. That's also a one. <laughs> Shit, Jesus. your turn. Reroll. That's a three. That's a three. Come on. Fell. Uh, that's that's a, two. a two. Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Jesus Christ. So what do we do? Oh, it's just <sighs> you and I next week. So uh, and Greg, Greg, is, since he's not here, is it? When's he back? Is he uh, gonna miss the next one? I think he might miss the next okay. one. Well, if he gets back, then he can. If if he isn't back before that, he'll he'll get the winner's choice. Oh, but if not, but yeah, I think maybe you're right. All right, all right. Well, enjoy Tim Burton's latest snooze fest. No, <laughs> oh man, I don't want to see this. This looks terrible. It looks like the. I and I have a bone to pick with this um this poster. There's something about the font that they use for the words peculiar children that I hate. <laughs> and also, I can't apparently say peculiar. Peculiar? Peculiar. Um, but it, it looks like this, like, font that they just got off the internet. That it looks kinda, like a children's yeah, font. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like they got it off that Daffont. Uh, yes, like Daffont, yeah. It, it, looks, it looks just this side of um, like a free Comic font. Sans. Yeah, so, uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. And this poster, this poster sucks. Yeah, it really does. The whole poster looked... Lady Balloon. That's what he should have called it. <laughs> yeah, so go check out Lady Balloon. Lady Balloon. Yeah, I'll check um, out something good. All right. Well, then, all that's left for us to do, then, is to get right into the OC Corner. Orange, you glad? It's another episode of the OC Corner. Mm, bien. Welcome to the OC, bitch. This is how it's done in Orange which, uh, which season, uh, which episode is this? Uh, we are looking at episode, is it episode 14 or 15? Okay. Episode 14, let's say, and I'll Google it up. All right. Was your episode called The Countdown? No, I might be wrong then. It might be after that. That was, uh, 
Because that sounds familiar. The countdown, that was New Year's. Yeah, it was New Year's. That was mine, and that was a while ago. So what am I on, like 16 or something now? The Lynx, you're on 17. Yeah, Because I did the Lynx. Jesus, this uh, this season's really uh, flying Flying right by. Flying by. Okay. uh, And it is called The Rivals? Yes. All right, then. Then that's what I watched. You sure did. Yeah. And uh, if you're wondering who The Rivals are in this uh, episode... It's Dirty Little Ryan okay. and Dirty Little Oliver. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. Because so, last time Oliver was really getting in there as, like, the series villain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this, uh, well, I mean, they don't have anything else interesting going on. Like, we really have to rest all of our hopes on him. Okay. So, um, and that's why he really steps up in this episode. Okay. Uh one note I will make before we start, the music in this episode is right out front in this one. You really oh, yeah? get a sense of what the music is, and it is awful. Okay. So, we start out, and we got Dirty Little Ryan, and he's lamenting his Oliver problems, talking to Seth, and Seth, I find Seth is getting more and more pithy and clever with his little dialogue. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's the only uh, cast member that's on Friends. Everyone <laughs> else is in the OC. He's on Friends. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Seth tells Dirty Little Ryan, he's like, why don't you just try to befriend Oliver instead of making him your enemy kind of thing? Yeah. Um, you know, cause he's going to be around anyway, cause Marissa seems to, to, you know, care about him. Yeah. And so you got to be friends with him too. And he's like, well, I don't trust him. And, uh, Seth expresses his worry that Anna, uh, his girlfriend, is too much like him okay that they uh that they just like all the same things and he's like oh that worries me and yeah like, that was kind of happening in the episode that i saw yeah and he's like oh i don't i don't know we we like doing all the same things together and this and this and this and i'm like yeah it sounds like a real problem <laughs> uh so um and, and it's not like he's like, oh, she's around all the time, yeah. and I don't like that. It's that he doesn't like the actual fact that they like the same things. It's dumb. It's like the it, it's like the idea. Like in the episode that I saw, they played it up because they were getting so they were getting along so well that it drove Marissa, not Marissa, Summer, out of the room. Right. And it was like, oh, I can't do that. Like, oh, you're old folks, and you have a lot of wit- like witty retorts about the commercials you're watching. Yeah. So it seems like they've been kind of leading into this slowly. Like, oh, don't aren't they so? But it it also feels like they're walking back his character. Like they can't just let his character be happy. So they have to be like, oh, well, what would he be worried about? Oh, he's worried they're too compatible. Well, they have to have. Yeah, exactly. It's such it's a like, TV like show thing to do. They couldn't give Anna, you know, an interesting, yeah. you know, thing or, or, or make anything interesting happen. It's just they're too alike. It just feels manufactured. It really it really does. And her personality seems really manufactured, too, where he feels like he's on Friends. She feels like she's on, like, you know, um, the single guy or something <laughs> or just a bad copy of Friends. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So then the teacher tells them, hey, guess what? There's a new student, a new transfer student. And guess who it is? It's Oliver. Oh, my God. Oliver is transferred there. And DLR's like, what? Oh, my God. And everyone else is like, hi, Oliver, because everyone else likes him, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So then. Uh, Shit's going to go down. Uh, you got to assume. You've got to <laughs> assume. Uh, so Anna 
Um, then is suggesting to Seth things for them to do, like let's go get some comics, or let's go see an IMAX movie, or let's go <laughs> mock people at the diner, or whatever. Oh. And Seth is like, I don't want to. We should do different things, like go to a monster truck rally oh, or something. What a and dumb like, thing to do. Yeah, I'm like, shut up. Why would you want to go and do something that you don't like doing yeah. just to spite your girlfriend? Ugh. It's a really weird thing that they're doing with them. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, uh, so then we cut to uh, Eyebrows and uh, Tate Ugh. Donovan, and they're opening a restaurant. Okay, that's what I thought. Because last week I was a little... My notes were very like, well, they're doing something about a restaurant business thing? Yeah, they want to <laughs> open a restaurant. This is a high school show, right? Like, yeah. this was for kids. Why is there so much business with the parents? Because parents probably watched it with them. Well. Look at this thing. This thing got 12 million hits on the old Nielsen rating. Well, fucking God bless them. Um... So, oh yeah, so then we cut to, again, we cut to Kirsten, who's the mom, yeah. and she's talking to Julie, who's Tate's ex-wife, yes. who's dating Kirsten's mom. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and Julie's like, hey, we should hang out, we should go do some stuff, and Kirsten's like, what do you want from me? Clearly you just want something. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I want a job. I want to, uh, she wants a job um, decorating the model homes that Kirsten sells for Caleb. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you just ask Caleb? Because you're the one who's, like, uh. Julie is sleeping with Caleb. But she didn't want to. She wanted to, you know, because Caleb didn't want anything to do with it. Okay. Uh, All of this it's stuff It's so complicated. There's so much going on, and it's so dumb. It's very uninteresting. <laughs> very uninteresting. Yeah, like, we should be focusing on the kids, and there's so much business with yeah. the parents. Um, so then, this is the most interesting thing about the episode. Oh, really? Or, well, not really, actually. Some interesting stuff happens. Okay. Um, I was going to say, the olive stuff sounds the most interesting. It, it, it gets there, but, but what I found quite interesting is Summer's dating a new guy, and this new guy is a funny guy. Oh. And Seth is incensed. Oh, no. Yeah. But <laughs> the funny guy, well, because he's the funny guy, right? Yeah. And and this girl that he's formerly liked is now dating a funny guy. Yeah. And whenever he's around, everybody, including Anna, is just everybody <laughs> is in stitches. <laughs> but the thing is, the guy's like a fucking vaudevillian. <laughs> he's doing. Hey, I got a ear. I got a cigarette in my ear. <laughs> he's literally doing this stuff. Like he's like, hey, what's that on your shirt? Booping, boop in your nose. And yeah. Everybody is in hysterics. This guy <laughs> is. Ah, you got my nose. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, like they've never seen it before. That's this amazing. guy is doing cat skills material, and everyone is like, "You are the king." You and should have seen yesterday when he stood back behind someone who was walking backwards, taking a step back. Backwards and tripped and him. And they tripped right over him. And he oh, went, man. oh, see you next fall. Waka, yeah. Waka, waka. Uh, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it is like, I, I'm like, what show are you trying yeah. to be? And because then at the end of the episode, Seth brings in a copy of Duck Soup and everybody realizes he's just been ripping <laughs> off ripping the, the Marx Bros. Um, so, yeah, it's it's bizarre. This guy is so cartoonish. Um, and Seth is bitching about it uh uh, to DLR, he's like, you know, yeah. why is Summer dating this guy? He's supposed to be funny. He's not funny. Dirty little Ryan. And then whenever he's dirty little Ryan, whenever he's around, Seth ever, Seth makes jokes and nobody finds him funny. <laughs> but then <laughs> Wait, they never. But they all liked again. them earlier. Although I guess they didn't. He's Nobody's been, he's, ever liked. He's that. kind of been in his own. So I can understand why they would go this route because he's always been trying to be funny, and then everyone else is like eye rolls. Oh, oh, you. It's not they haven't played it out like this guy where everyone's always cracking up at Seth. But it's a that reality where but at least the things that Seth says are 
they're painful in reality but kind of they're yeah funny. they're like clever at least yeah where this guy is just like you know lighting his farts on fire not really <laughs> but he might as well oh man i was gonna say I gotta yeah, watch sorry. this episode. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to. Not uh, since Dumb and Dumber have I seen a more hilarious fart lighting on fire. <laughs> this scene. guy's all farts and boners. Um, <laughs> seen that movie, Swiss Army Man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so Seth is bitching about Summer's new boyfriend, but every time he tries to talk to DLR about it, Dirty Little Ryan, Dirty Little Ryan, uh, Dirty Little Ryan is like, yeah, but what about Oliver? I don't trust him. I think he's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and Seth is like, oh, okay, I guess we're talking about you again. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, apparently. And Seth is like, look, you can do one of two things. You can either let this go or you can go break into the school and look at his file. Yeah. Uh, you know, like to, to get some dirt on him or whatever. But so either way, that. shut up. You know, basically saying, like, let it yeah. go. But then he is he like, I'm <laughs> going to go do that? Dirty little Ryan breaking into the school. Oh, DLR. The, yeah. Come on, DLR. The dirty the dirt's on you, not Oliver. Yeah, DLR. You need little, some CLR. It's in your... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm patent, patenting that joke. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So he's in there looking at the file, and then here comes the security guard. Hey, what are you doing in there? Uh-oh, he's busted. Oh, man. Next scene. Dirty Little Ryan's, like, report's now going to be Dirty Little Report. <laughs> <laughs> I reached for it. Uh, <laughs> you, you reached for the brass ring, and you caught it, my friend. <laughs> um, so the next day, we're in the, the principal's office, or the dean, sorry. Um, and Eyebrows and Mom are uh, uh, are in there with him. The dean is like, uh, we might expel DLR. We're not sure yet. Um <laughs> I like in my mind. I just like thinking that they are actually saying that. This <laughs> is in DLR. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so in the in the meeting, he's like, "Yeah, okay, I totally broke into the thing, and that sucks." But while I was in there, um, I, I found there was a letter in his file about why he left his last school, and it's because he fucking slid his wrists in the in the bathroom over oh some God. girl and he's like and i think he's gonna do that with marissa yeah and they're like well you shouldn't have looked at his shit anyway <laughs> um dlr you shouldn't have went in there and dlr downloaded those reports <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna need at least five more dlr jerks from you during this episode um all right hold on where do we go Okay, there we are. So then we got Anna, and she surprises Seth. She's like, hey, Seth, check it out. I got two tickets to Bright Eyes, and we oh. should go do that because we've never seen Bright Eyes live, and that's something new that we can do together. Bright Eyes, I'll move now. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, wow, that really tracks with the shitty music you're promoting. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So she wants to do that, and he's like... Oh. But it's so in the vein. We just saw Rooney. Yeah. Um, oh man, Rooney. Yeah. And then Summer and her and her crazy BF boyfriend. That's right. Yep. Um, are coming down the hall, and he's doing his vaudeville shtick. Hey, uh, he's like got like two forks with potatoes on them, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's walking them around. He's got a grease paint mustache. Yeah. Uh, he literally does the uh, hey, what's that on your shirt? He does it to Summer. And, and she looks down and he boops her nose and she's like, oh, that was hilarious. And then he goes and tries to do it to Seth. He goes, hey, Seth, there's something on your shirt there. And Seth's like, all right, whatever. And he's like, no, no, you got to look. You got to look. And this goes on forever when t until Anna's like, no, it's true, Seth. You got something on your shirt. And he looks oh. down and he gets his nose boops. <laughs> oh, God. The longer the lead up, the more hilarious it is. And boy, 
Who was it? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So this guy is just insufferable. Um, so, boop, 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 boop. there we are. So then, yeah. So then as they're leaving, he's like the, the boyfriend, the crazy vaudeville boyfriend is like, hey, Summer, um, come over to my house later. I've got Jay Leno. I've got the Leno show uh, T-Vode. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, we're just taking a swing at Leno right now. Yeah. Speaking like, of, but doop. Uh, <laughs> because Speaking of, of boop sounds, because <laughs> of the Devo sound, you made a Devo reference. Boop, boop. Um, and Anna's, and uh, so he sat this like, oh yeah, you would like Leno, you fucking idiot. Not to his <laughs> face, but behind his back. And Anna's like, wow, you're obviously really jealous. And yeah. he's like, no, I just don't like that guy. And she's like, if you if you weren't jealous, you wouldn't care. You'd just yeah. be happy that your friend Summer had a new boy. Yeah. And he's like. Uh, so then Eyebrows and Taters are talking about the restaurant. Taters taught. Uh, <laughs> taters what? Taught. Taters taught. Uh, is talking about the restaurant and whose mother makes good meatloaf. Okay. Um, yep. It's going to be a meatloaf restaurant? <laughs> uh, it, it literally is because they're both like, my mom makes good meatloaf. No, my mom makes good meatloaf. Maybe we'll sell two different meatloafs. Yeah. And I'm like, your restaurant is it called, will fail. Is it called Bad Out of the Oven? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow that really <laughs> took me took me a moment but the payoff was worth it um that's a good name for a meatloaf bat out of the oven bat out of the oven yeah. <laughs> i would eat that it has to have little bat heads in it um wait if no, you know Aussie. a better meatloaf pun for a meatloaf based <laughs> meatloaf in. restaurant yeah. please write in at info at monitorsuperior.com it will more most likely be better than whatever i came up with. <laughs> we need all of your meatloaf puns yeah. Uh, Paradise by the oven light? Mm. <laughs> no, we're gonna need better than that. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> uh, you got work ahead of yourself, listeners. <laughs> yeah, come on, start start on it now. Um, I'll wait. All right. <laughs> uh, Julie is working for Kirsten now because Kirsten had to give her the job, and she's going overboard, and she doesn't know what she's doing. And Kirsten doesn't approve, and it's boring. okay. Um, then Dirty Little Ryan is watching Marissa talk to Oliver. Uh, and the music uh, intensifies like they're in the hallway, and Oliver hands Marissa a letter. He's like, and Dirty Little Ryan's like, what is that letter? Oh, man. Yeah. And then Mom and Dad are are yelling at Dirty Little Ryan for almost getting expelled. Why are you so dirty? <laughs> Take Mama, a bath, Dirty Little Ryan. Ryan. You know, you could just be Little Ryan. Yeah. Um, maybe someday you'll grow up to be a big Ryan. But right now, it's the dirty we're worried about. <laughs> yeah, come on. Be a big, clean Ryan. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, they're mad at him for almost getting expelled. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, well, why don't you just kick me out then? I'm just a big screw-up. Yeah. And, and Eyebrows is like, no, you're part of this family now. We're not going to kick you out. You're going to feel the full weight of what it means to be in this family. And yeah. he's like, that's an uncomfortable way to say it. Um. So then Seth comes in to talk to Dirty Little Ryan, and Dirty Little he's like, "What is that?" Dirty Little Ryan has the letter. He yeah. got it out of Marissa's uh, um, locker. Oh man! And Seth is like, "Don't Dirty Little Ryan, more like Dirty Little Rascal." Yeah, you dirty little dirty letter reader. More yeah, like it. there you go, <laughs> dirty letter reader. That's perfect. How could I not even see that one? Listen, we're having fun. Um. So Seth is like, dude, don't read that letter. Like you're you're starting to become a creep here. Yeah. You think Oliver's the big creep, but you're the one doing weird shit. So knock it off. And in the background, the music sounds like if Radiohead really sucked. Uh, um, was that Clinic? I have no idea. 
Uh, maybe then, it was Damien Rice. Maybe. Um, but then the next day, Dirty Little Ryan bursts into Seth's room, and he has read the letter, okay. after all. And he's like, listen to what the letter says. It says he can't live without her, and that she's the most special girl that he's ever met. Oh, my thing. God, Oliver. Yeah. And you Seth, thirsty? And Seth, what? <laughs> he's thirsty. Uh, he's acting thirsty. <laughs> I was like, is that an olive? Because olives make you thirsty. And... Oh, okay, I get there. That's like common parlance now, isn't it? Like yeah. Thirsty. Oh, he's man. thirsty. He's he's needy. Horny. <laughs> um so uh yeah, so so Seth is like, Look, I don't care what the letter says. You're being a fucking creep. Cut yeah. it out. Um and uh, then Marissa suddenly shows up in Seth's room, because why not? Yeah. Oh, um, this whole fucking show is predicated upon, hello, I'm in your room now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, people, there's no boundaries yeah. with these people. In the OC. Uh, that's how there they are do no things boundaries. in the OC, bitch. Um, so, uh, yeah, so she literally just shows up in Seth's room hello. to go, oh, hey, guys, uh, just to let you know, me and Oliver are taking a cooking class after uh, after school. Ugh. And DLR is like, oh, obviously upset. This is like a TV show. <laughs> this is like a soap opera. <laughs> it's almost like a TV show about teenagers. <laughs> um, and then Jelk. <laughs> Sorry, I meant to write Julie. Somehow I Jel- wrote Jelkies. Jelkies? J-U-L-K-I-E-S. And then Jelkies over here. Here comes old Jelkies, and she's <laughs> crying. Um, yeah, so she's crying. She's like, oh, my God, I screwed everything up, and I didn't do the job right. And Kirsten's like, it's yep. fine. I'll fix it. No. Yeah. And then Seth and Anna are at the smoothie shop. Okay. And uh, Seth orders whatever smoothie, and she's like, oh, oh that's that good. Too. I'll get the oh, same. Oh, man, I could write him. <laughs> and then he glares at, yeah, but he glares at her and shakes his head, and she's like, oh, I mean, I'll have uh, bananas and whatever. And I'm like, why didn't you just, why don't you just dumb. tell him to go fuck himself? Yeah. Because he literally was just like, no, order your own fucking smoothie. I, that's like when you order the same thing as your partner it's like yeah because this is great like this this food looks great i can understand why <laughs> like why yeah. would you be mad you'd be like yeah it looks good right yeah Can't like wait. unless you both <laughs> wanted to sample different smoothies or something what fucking difference yeah. does it make they're really stretching with this thing um and boobity boop 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 oh yeah so many boobity boops yeah. in this one the danny guy goes over the tivo and he's like you got something on you boop 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 and then Jay Leno. he's kept all the commercials um and then summer and her boyfriend come in again um and she is laughing hysterically every time they oh, enter a scene danny she's laughing hysterically at something you that are he the said living in danny like literally so i'm like is every second you two are together, are you just laughing hysterically? Yeah. That's Cause... funny. That's funny, Danny. I'll catch you later. Oh, Danny. Good one. Good stuff, Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, his name is Danny, too. Did mm. I mention that? Or did you just know that his I name was Danny? I just knew it because it's on the TV screen. Oh, okay. Good. All right. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You've been watching this show ahead of us. I mean, um, and uh, yeah, and literally he sounds like a five-year-old trying to be funny. Like, it's it's exhausting and terrible. And then um, I said, pooped pants. Pooping, poopy <laughs> pants, pants. Pee, 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 pee. Jimmy, you are the living end. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it again, Danny. Jimmy, Danny. Jimmy, Danny. Danny, Jim. 
Um, and so Seth is trying to make friends with Danny, and he's like, uh, hey, uh, why don't you come over to my place tonight? I've got Leno TiVo'd. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus. Oh, man. And, and Headlines. He's like, and then he goes, he goes, <laughs> 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 they're doing jaywalking. Uh, and he goes, uh, yeah, I got Leno TiVo'd. He's got Sean William Scott on. Like, that's a joke. Like, Sean Williams. And I'm like, Sean William Scott is way better than you. <laughs> like, he's been great in things, and you suck. Yeah. So, like, why are you trying to take down Sean William Scott? Yeah. Um. So then, uh, Dude. eyebrows. What? Sweet. Dude. Oh. <laughs> oh, this must have been around that time, right? When yeah, like, he was oh, like, he's a, terrible now. A dude wears my car guy? All right, yeah. yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Granted, he used still. to be terrible. Um, it's a low blow for this show, for I feel like. Although I guess this was a huge phenomenon. Yeah, but it's not highbrow art or anything. No. It doesn't have any... Like, it shouldn't be pointing its fingers at Leno, let alone uh, Sean William Scott. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let me cut back to eyebrows. He's putting a down payment on the restaurant. Taters is still skeptical. It's still completely pointless. Yeah. Um, then we cut back to Oliver... And he sees DLR putting the uh, the letter back in Marissa's locker. All right. And he comes up, and he knows what's going on, and he's being real smarmy, but he's playing dumb about it. Okay. Um, and then Oliver walks away, and Luke comes up, and they're, like, best friends now. Luke yeah. is just, like, the super nice guy now who <laughs> likes everybody. Um, and I'm like... Especially Danny. Uh uh, oh, his he jokes. does. He does love. Like he is one of the ones who. <laughs> oh, really? I was hilarious. just saying because everyone loves his jokes. Um, but uh, but DLR asks Luke. He's like, "Do you think Oliver's trying to scoop Marissa?" And uh, Luke's like, "Yeah, you should tell him to back the fuck off, or I'll do it. Do yeah. you want me to do it? Because I will." And I'm like, "You are a faithful little laptop." <laughs> um, and then he's like, "Okay, well, see you, buddy." I'm yeah. Like, Take it easy, Luke. <laughs> um, so then uh, Seth and um, Summer's boyfriend, Danny, are hanging out, and they're playing video games. And what Danny, game? I don't know, I don't know video games. <laughs> is there a video game, game the game. Is there a game called Video Games? Because that's what they're playing. Beep, boop, boop, beep. Um, yeah, it's called uh, Boot Factory. Yeah. Um, and uh, Danny is fucking nonstop with his shtick. And to the point where this is where it gets really overboard. Uh, Eyebrows comes in. Um, and he sees them playing the, the video game, and Eyebrows is like, oh, hi, I don't believe we've met. I'm Sandy. And Danny goes, oh, then you better take a shower. And, and, he's uh. like, and Eyebrows is like, what? And he's like, I'm just kidding. I like it when you're dirty. <laughs> Sandy, dirty, dirty, Sandy, Sandy. He literally, like, oh my God. Like trails off going, <laughs> dirty, Sandy, Sandy, dirty, dirty. And I'm like, Whoa. I, I don't know what's happening here. Like, how is any of this rooted in any sort yeah. of reality? Like, it is fucking bonkers. Um, so then Seth asks eyebrows what Danny's deal is. He's like, he goes to eyebrows. He's like, this guy sucks and he's not funny. Yeah. And eyebrows is like, look now keep in mind that they're Jewish. Okay. Um, eyebrows is like, well, I'll tell you what Gentiles aren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, all right. Yeah. I guess that's where we're going with this. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, so then Danny, uh, turns to Seth and, he goes, hey, Seth, I've been meaning to ask you about something. Can you do me a big favor? And so I was like, what? And she, he's like, can you be less funny around summer? And so I was like, what? And she's like, he's like, well, she talks about you all the time and how funny you are. Yeah. And uh, uh, and it's threatening to me. Like, I want her to think I'm the funny guy. Yeah. And Seth is like, if you want her 
to think that you're funny. You just need to be bigger and broader. So he's trying to sabotage yeah. this guy. What a dick. Oh, man. Yeah. And at this point, I've written that the show is fucking stupid. <laughs> um, also, that will make him more annoying to everybody. Yeah. Well, that's the plan, right? Is that yeah. he wants Summer. But he is also a part of everybody. Yeah. So he's but, like, do more of what you are already annoying me with. But then he's like, then everybody's going to see how shitty you are. Yeah. And, and you'll be gone and I'll have Summer back to liking me. Um, so then we cut to the dean and the dean pulls Marissa in um, to her office. And okay. he's like, hey, Marissa, um, I'm worried that one of the students here might have an unhealthy involvement with you. And uh, Marissa's like, oh, I know what Oliver's all about. I, I get it. And then the dean is like, guess what? I'm not talking about Oliver. Wow. Uh, yeah. She's talking about DLR. Dirty little Ryan. Dirty lurking ridiculous guy. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah, I pulled Slam that. Slam dunk. I pulled that straight out of the fire. <laughs> straight out of the fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so then uh, DLR is getting out of detention and Marissa is there. And she's like, hey, listen, I heard that DLR more like detention, like right now. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that right now is either hyphenated or just all one word. (laughs) Detention, like right now. That's what the detention teacher said. Um, I I think we've only got like three more of these to go and we're home free. Uh, so DLR is getting out of detention. <laughs> like right like now. Right now. And Marissa is there. And she's like, hey, listen, I heard that you broke into the school and uh, like tried to read Oliver's file. And uh, it's fucked up. And I don't like it. You need to stop being such a obsessive weirdo. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah? Well, why don't you read this? And shows her the letter. Uh. And she's like, where did you get that? And he's like, I got it out of your locker. And she goes nuts. She's like... Yeah, I know about the letter. It wasn't for me. Oliver was writing that letter to his girlfriend back home, Natalie, Ugh. who he wants to get back, and he just wanted me to proofread it. Barf. And I'm like, what show are we fucking watching? Oh, my God. Um, and then uh, and he's like... Turns out like, this drama was all manufactured. Yeah, yeah. Like, this whole thing. Oh, God. Just the reality of this show is so up and down. Uh, so then Eyebrows comes downstairs, um, and... Uh, he's all upset because Tater's backed out of the restaurant. Oh, actually, no. I put an E on the end of restaurant, so restaurante. Restaurante. To give it that uh, south of the border. For yeah. Um, so then Seth comes downstairs, and he's wearing a winter scarf, and nobody says anything about it. Okay. And it's really weird. <laughs> the scene just goes on, but he's wearing this winter scarf, like like Doctor Who style, so that it's like, you know, wrapped yeah. around his neck kind of thing. I'm like, are you trying to make that a style? Yeah. Because this is really weird that nobody's saying anything about it. Yeah. Um, and then Dirty Little Ryan tells Marissa, tells them that Marissa won't be picking him up from school, and everyone's sad. Um, so then we cut back to Julie, and who cares? Yeah. Um, Summer complains to Seth. Uh, that Danny has gotten too broad in his comedy. Uh-huh. Like he's really trying, and as if to to punctuate that, uh, they look down the hall, and Danny is riding, like humping his friend across the hallway. Oh my god! Like riding him and humping his butt. <laughs> like Jesus. Yeah. They are driving this point home, <laughs> and Summer's like, "Okay, well, I guess that's the end of that guy." So she what? 
Can't. Yeah, she's like, I'm not fucking dealing with that guy. That's weird. He's humping his friend, and I'm out. Yeah. Um, and Anna comes up to them, and guess what? She's wearing the same weird scarf. Yeah. So it was a whole thing of like, oh, we're but we're both doing this really bizarre thing. <laughs> um, like it's like a winter scarf. Anyway. Yeah. Why uh, do you need one of those in the OC? Um. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need that in the OC, bitch. Uh, Seth tells Summer. Um, hey, well, if you ever want to come watch John Stewart with me sometime, you can. So, like, cl- the oh. clear delineation is he watches Leno, but I watch John Stewart. I would have so thought it would have been know. a Conan. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, but then uh, Dirty Little Ryan is staring at Marissa, and she looks at him, and she just walks away. She goes and meets Oliver, and they mm. walk away. Oh, boy. Uh, so then eyebrows and the restaurant, and who cares? Anyway, they signed the deal. They're going to go ahead with the restaurant. Okay, phew. Yeah. And then late, and then so we cut to some pool hall or something, mm-hmm. and Dirty Little Ryan is playing pool with Oliver. Okay. And it's notable, by the way, that the Big Sur by The Thrills is playing. Yes. And I don't know if anybody else remembers this band at all. I do not. Um, but I had their album, and I actually quite liked it. Yeah. Um, and then this came on, and I was like, hmm, I kind of like this. It's really... Uh, Banjo-y. Okay. But it's good. Um, So then Dirty Little Ryan is playing pool with Oliver, and he's like, listen, I'm really sorry. I've just been being fucking crazy, and I don't know. It's just because I love Marissa and everything, and and I felt threatened by you. And Oliver gets all close to him and real menacing, and he's like, here's the deal. It's nothing personal, but I'm the one who's supposed to be with Marissa. So you can just back off because you guys are already broken up, and I didn't even have to do anything to break you up. Yeah. Um. And but you did do a lot. Well, yeah, you did all of these things. And Dirty Little Ryan is like, wah, and fucking beats the smarmy fuck out of Oliver's little face. Oh, that's going to be so good for Oliver. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because guess who walks around the corner and comes oh, in no. at the exact Hello, right time? Here I am. Hey, hey The everybody. exact character who shouldn't be here right now. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what? what, what? <laughs> yep. It's and that's Marissa. the end of the episode? Yep. Oh, my God. And 12 million viewers were on the edge of their seat. And 12 million listeners were just on the yeah. edge of their seat listening to my To recap. cereal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think they got 12 million anymore. Did you oh hear that last uh, season of uh, cereal? Sure didn't. I reached about, I got about three episodes in and I was like, I don't care about any of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the music this episode, as you mentioned, ended on Big Sur by The Thrills. I'll yep. have to check that one out. I want to. I don't know if maybe Damien Rice was the Radiohead thing. Cannonball by Damien Rice. I don't know much of his music. I know that I tried one of his albums when the like folky indie rock thing was big, and I was like, mm, no, thank you. Yeah, that's a big no, thank you. The like the music in this episode was notably terrible. Like yeah. every time there was music, I was like. Ugh, what an awful time. I really, the early 2000s were an awful time yeah, for music. I really like Clinic. Wow. Um, I I remember hearing, maybe they were one that I didn't hear. Yeah. Every song I heard or noticed yeah. was just god awful, except for Big Sur by the Thrills, which yeah. I kind of like. Well, how do you think Boombox by Mosquitoes goes? It goes Boombox. The sound of my Boombox. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. The sound of my Boombox. The beat goes on and on and on and on. on. Coming out of my boom box. That was a, I was just singing a, a song now. I was just singing a real song. Oh, really? <laughs> I was uh, continuing boom box. You didn't let me finish. I'm sorry. Continue. 
Yeah, like the start of that line. Um so next week episode The Truth. I guess I well I'll 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 pick up the torch for that one. If Greg is not back. Yeah, because I'm sure so I'll not watch another one next week. And on the topic of music, I'm sure we have been flooded with emails and comments at this point yelling at you and I about uh, at this point when the uh, episode has been released, yelling at us about how we've forgotten our Punishment album. I was just about to say, <laughs> hey, give me a shitty album. Give you an album. Okay. Um, what do I have here? Because I did not have much of something to listen to. Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, if the possibility of us just being the two of us next week, mm-hmm. I won't give you what I was going to give you. I'm going to give you the album Singles 45 and Under by Squeeze. Hey, all right. Yeah, so this is the uh, collection of their hit singles um, for the first chunk of their career. Sure. Um, a band that I have had a real hot and cold relationship with. I I think everybody has. Yeah, I, on the one hand, think that some of their pop songs, when strung together, like on this album, are just so fucking great. Yeah. This is a really good album. There's a couple on there that I'm not huge on, but other than that, but then... They only really have one or two albums I would listen to, and then the rest of them you're like, I can see why your collection of singles is the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the ones that are good are so good. Like, Pulling Muscles from Michelle oh my God. is one of my favorite songs it's amazing. perhaps of all time. I I constantly go back to um, their album after Argy Bargy, um, East Side something or other. Because it's the one with Tempted on it, yeah. which I'm not a big fan of, that song. It's okay. I, I hate to say it, but I, good. I associate that song so much with commercials? Uh, Reality Bites. Yeah. That And I, I liked Reality I Bites. I feel like it's I've heard it movie. in commercials a lot, it's too. It's just that that show, like, or Reality Bites came out at a time where I was like, ugh, this is gross. Yeah. Um, the it's, way they're talking about, like popular culture today is yeah. gross it's like a good song and then they get to the chorus and you've just heard it too many times <laughs> yeah. yeah it totally is. yeah um but but elvis costello produced that album uh yeah so i'm constantly like well this will be the album for me as right. a costello guy but it's yeah. not it's it's argue bargy yeah and, and I, I like personally my favorite thing glenn tilbrook ever did was his guest uh verse on um yes on uh trust yeah it's on trust i'm trying to remember the song uh, whisper to a screen. Yeah, oh, I love that song. It's it's a fucking great song, and his voice is fucking Perfect beautiful. On yeah. So Squeeze's uh, album of uh, of hits, forty five and under. We'll talk about that next week. We'll get into a little bit of talk about pop music, maybe. Talk about pop. Pop music. We're gonna talk about pop. Um. Other than that, you can email us at info at modernsuperior.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. And don't forget to go to modernsuperior.com and check out all the podcasts on there. Uh, we got new A Frame Apart. Yeah, we got a new A Frame Apart. Uh, that show's great. We've got uh, Changing Reels. We Changing got, Reels uh, episode two or three. Don't forget about the old classics. Flight School yeah, is still Flight great. Yeah, Flight School. Definitely. And maybe there'll be some more on the horizon. You never know. Yeah, we've got things in the works, guys. Yeah. Listen, we got big things going on. All right. So please do all those things and let us know what you think. Info at monarchsperior.com. But otherwise, we will, as always, see you next Wednesday. Mm. Goodbye, Internet. Fart, fart, boner fart. Dirty little Ryan. What? Can, one more. DLR. More like uh, dancing like... 
Rain Reynolds. Rihanna. Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Oh, dancing like Ryan. That's TLRR. <laughs> Goodbye. This has been a presentation of the Modern Superior Media Network. 